Hey, Dr. Mike here. So if you want to live forever-ish, you got to know what's in and what's out. Stay tuned to find out. You're listening to Live Forever-ish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your hosts, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gosser. All right, welcome to Live Forever-ish. I'm Dr. Mike, and of course, I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Crystal Gossert. And today's show is all about the ins and outs of living forever-ish. One of our favorite shows where we talk about three ins that you want to do and one out that you don't want. In number one this week is curcumin, but it's specifically for inflammatory bowel disease. Dr. Crystal, we've talked a lot about curcumin over the years, right? <laughs> Um, we, I think most people know it's great for inflammation, but now tell us why it's coming up as an in for living forever-ish today. Well, we do know that inflammatory bowel disease can be very challenging to manage. You know, the goal is to achieve remission, um, both clinically, meaning improvement of symptoms, which could be pain to diarrhea to, I mean, it's just really, um, a really nasty condition, which, right, you know, yeah. just to clarify, Dr. Mike, you know, it's, it's more than just, it's Crohn's disease, um, ulcerative colitis, you know, these all kind of can be characterized or are characterized as yeah, inflammatory yeah. bowel disease. And, and then you also want to make sure you're getting remission, like those cells are actually healing. And so we, it's, I think it's great now that we're seeing curcumin being helpful for this because yeah, most people, they are, it's very challenging. Yes. And, and it, you know, inflammatory bowel disease, whether it's ulcerative colitis or Crohn's, you know, it's not just about inflammation in the bowel and the symptoms that that causes. They're connected to long-term issues as well, including an increased risk of colon cancer. So it's important that we control that inflammation. And as you said, you know, let's get down to actual healing, right? Let's just not, I mean, it's great to help with symptoms. That's wonderful. But what about actual healing? And so I'm seeing here, it says that a pooled analysis in this one study, pooled analysis of the participants' data revealed an increase in clinical remission for those taking curcumin over control. So that's that's telling us that with remission, we're, we're not just covering symptoms. We're talking about some healing, right? Yes, we are. And, and just to take a step back, the study that we're highlighting uh, was a systematic review and meta-analysis of randomized control clinical trials. So they're kind of looking at many different uh, clinical trials and kind of pooling that data yeah. in order to say, hey, what's what's really working here? And curcumin stood out because they actually, in okay. the study, they looked at other antioxidants as well. And, and curcumin was one that stood out. And in, in six of the studies with curcumin, when the patients um, underwent endoscopy, they showed uh, endoscopic remission. Yeah, I mean that's that's in, that's in medicine you love to see that when there's when you can actually look at the area that's damaged and say it looks better now. I mean that kind of that kind of visualization is strong evidence, right? We're talking strong evidence that curcumin can play a major role for millions of people 
who suffer with inflammatory bowel disease. So that's fantastic news. That's in number one, curcumin. I mean, I mean, I don't. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I'm at the point now where curcumin should be in everyone's regimen. I mean, you cook with it and take a supplement. <laughs> I like that, Doctor Mike. Yeah. Cook with yeah. some turmeric. Curry, yeah. add it yeah. in. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. But we may have to add curcumin to our foundation. You know, multi, fish, CoQ10, probiotics, maybe throw in some curcumin. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's in mine, Dr. Mike. It's in yours. <laughs> well, your foundation's a little bit bigger than most people. <laughs> All right. Let's get on to in uh, number two. Again, this is about living forever-ish, living stronger, longer, healthy, vibrant lives, uh, vitamin D. Now, we've talked about vitamin D. We know how important it is to living forever. But in this case, it's specific to people who are about to undergo surgery. Tell us about that. Yes. Yeah, so we're highlighting a study that included over a thousand individuals, 65 years or older with a hip fracture that requires surgery. And what the researchers identify that um, they measured their vitamin D status when they were admitted to the hospital and they found deficiency in about 700 of those patients. Not surprising. (laughs) Not surprising, surprising, right? But here's what stood out. Um, There is an association between those individuals who were deficient. Um, They had a prolonged hospitalization. So they, they stayed in the hospital longer um, after their surgery and their recovery took longer. And, and, and this is, you know, we've seen this before, right? So this is specific to people about going, just about to do surgery. You get your vitamin D levels up, you do better, right? Your outcome is better. You're out of the hospital faster. We've seen this a few years ago. There was a nice study showing that ICU patients, you know, the, the, the higher the vitamin D, the less time they spend in the ICU for any cause. I mean, across yeah, and the board. So that's what that's what the researchers saw this. And this stood out to me, Dr. Mal- Dr. Mike, the average length of hospitalization was twenty two point seven days with the patients who were vitamin D deficient versus 20 days among those who were yeah. sufficient. Yeah, listen, I, I got to tell you, I you know, I've, I've worked in hospitals many years. It's the last place you want to be. It's, and I don't mean just mean that because it's scary and it means you're sick and you're going through something. It's dirt. There's bugs floating around there. Super bugs. Oh, you, you don't want to stay in a hospital very late. Get, get well and get out. And that's what vitamin D kind of helps with. So I love to see that. I also see here, it says uh, vitamin D deficiency was significantly associated with, number one, 1.52 times greater odds of developing post-operative, post-surgery delirium. Right. Also, it looks like 2.41 times greater odds of developing a blood clot. And those things just keep you in the hospital longer. Right. I don't want you in the hospital. I want you out. (laughs) Save you some money as well. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So that's great to see see vitamin D. Now, you know, the the take home is if you're going to have surgery, take some vitamin D. But how about just take vitamin D as a supplement every day? Yes. But yeah, I think to me, it, it take it every day. But maybe get your vitamin D tested. If you're thinking about undergoing any kind of surgery, right? Just say, you know, let's let's make sure my vitamin D status. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Is now you, your sur- your surgeons may be like, oh, why do you need that or whatever? No, just just tell them you want it. It's it's cheap, even for a hospital. Uh, but I, yeah, you make a good point too. You know, just because you're taking vitamin D every day, 
um, you know, it is it is considered a pro hormone. And all that really means is you need to know your levels and you might be taking what you think is enough. And maybe it, maybe it's actually not enough. Maybe your blood level is not quite where we want it or or maybe you're taking too much. Maybe you can back off a little bit. Right. So uh, I, you know, yearly for me, um, when it comes to hormones and vitamin D, I just go on my birthday. That's yeah. a good idea. That's that how I remember. Right? It's my birthday. Let's check. Let's check labs. Right. That's I don't know, that's what I do. It works. Wow. That's a great strategy. Yeah. All right. So that's in number two, vitamin D, especially before surgery. In number three, I love this. Woohoo! <laughs> yes. Yes. Macadamia nuts, man. It makes me so mad that they're the highest calorie nut or something like that. Anyway, they are. That's why I don't eat them, Doctor Mike. I know I should. <laughs> it's like two of them is like five hundred calories. No, it's not quite that bad. But yeah, macadamia nuts um, is they're really considered one of the health healthiest nuts on the planet. Tell us some fun facts about it. Yeah, but they, you know we do know they have a hard shell. <laughs> Uh, so they're difficult to break open, but they are high in monounsaturated fat. One particular type of uh, monounsaturated fat they contain actually aids in fat metabolism and reduce stored body fat. So maybe that offsets some of the calories <laughs> that you'll receive. Well, 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 again, well, all right, let's back up for a sec. So a lot of people consider a serving for nuts and seeds. A, a cup, like one cup is kind of a serving. Uh, how, how many calories are in one cup of macadamia nuts? Well, you know, we actually see um, the serving size is more of about um, 10 to 12 nuts, so about one ounce. And that's going to give you 200 calories, which is yeah. still a lot. But, you know, sometimes when you're cooking with macadamia nuts, and you're adding, you know, if it's a recipe or let's say cookies, because that's what yeah. we like. To yeah, adding, adding like a cup to white chocolate macadamia. Yeah, nuts. yeah. So, so, so adding one cup of macadamia nuts to that, that's going to add like a thousand calories into those. Yes. Cookies. Yeah. Yes. So, it, you know, there's no doubt you, you got to watch the calorie count, the serving size of 10 to 12 nuts. Um, I tell you what, it's hard to eat only 10 to 12 nuts. Of macadamia right. is good, but that would be 200 calories. So keep that in mind. Um, yeah. So high in good fat, right? Improved heart health, all that kind of stuff that you said. There was a study, right? Um, tell us about um, people with slightly high cholesterol levels in macadamia nuts. Well, it actually, in one study, those who ate macadamia nuts experienced lower total and LDL cholesterol levels compared to those who just ate the typical, you know, American diet. And I always, I'm very cautious when I see stats like this, because someone who is probably eating more nuts in general, probably have a little bit of a better diet anyway. I, overall, for the most part, right? So you got you got to take that into account. Right? <laughs> you, you have to take that into account, but, but it's still a, a great stat, great research, a great reason yeah. to add in some macadamia nuts. For sure. I just, was in Hawaii. Watch it yeah, I was in Hawaii. Calories. Yeah, I was in Hawaii. The, the, they're the biggest source of macadamia nuts. And I found out that it takes 20 years for a macadamia tree to mature enough to make the nut. Oh. So it not only is it hard to open, it takes a long time to take care of that tree. 
That's why macadamia nuts tend to be very expensive as well. There you All go. All right. All right. So those are three ends. Let's talk about what you don't want to do if um, you want to live foreverish, right? Now, this was a little controversial. Um, I don't like to see this. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and, 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 and it's simply alcohol. And now we already know, we have said over and over again, a little bit is probably fine. Too much, definitely not good. And so the standard for every day for a guy is is two is two servings, right? Two beers, two glasses of wine, mm-hmm. two shots. And for a woman, it's one one of all that. So, and and is that starting to change? Are we learning a little bit more just about alcohol? And and should should we consider changing those recommendations? Well, Dr. Mike, and as I take my deep breath, <laughs> the research goes back and forth. So, yeah. I, and that's, we're just here kind of presenting some of the latest updates. Some studies say yes, some studies say no. We definitely know that heavy alcohol consumption um, is associated with obviously addiction issues, you know, th- many health concerns. And this particular study is particular is looking at brain shrinkage, yeah. right? So we, we know that heavy consumption causes your brain to shrink, brain atrophy. But there the jury has been out with the light to moderate alcohol consumption. But unfortunately, the study that we're highlighting now I know. Um, <laughs> is showing an association between alcohol intake and the brain structure changing, shrinking in the brain macrostructure as well as the microstructure, those smaller um, areas of the brain or structures in the brain. So, so, so what do you we say, knew, Dr. Mike, to that? Yeah. So we, well, wait, wait, wait. We know we. So we've known in the past, heavy drinking is not good, right? That's. So, but what we're saying now is light to moderate, at least when it comes to the brain size and structure, it might have some issues as as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah. It, it may, it, I don't know what to say. I'm not sure how to take this. Because <laughs> listen, yeah, so- I, I I enjoy my red wine. I, I like a glass or two at night, and I I don't think that. I mean, I feel pretty good with that. So, this is one study we have to remember that you know, um, and we have to look at the full thing. You know, I. I eat well, I exercise, I'm at a good weight. Is a couple glasses of wine at night with my, I, that might actually be healthy for me. I, overweight, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and drinking, maybe two glasses, right? Maybe that's not good, you know? So I think you have to look at the individual as well. I, I agree. And one thing that stood out to me is, is anyone ever honest when they ask how much they drink? Well, that you got to be. In the, in yeah. the studies, you know. They- Absolutely. I Survey, come on, Dr. Chris, survey studies, we have to admit, no matter what, even when they're positive for the industry we're in, you can't, you can't, don't get too crazy with the results. Right. And so, and the reason I bring that up, because a study like this, you'll see the headlines all over the place. You know, it will be national news, just one drink a day. Your brain is going to shrink. We should outline. We were right in banning alcohol in the 1920s. We need to go back, right? Prohibition. (laughs) So before you overreact, take that into consideration. You know, were these people really truthful in their survey saying they only had the one drink a day? 
Um, and, and so those are things to consider. I always suggest if you're going to have the occasional glass of wine with dinner, you need to make sure you are taking nutrients, making sure you have plenty of, of B vitamins, get a good B complex, um, make sure you have a good multivitamin, make sure you're taking omega-3 fatty acids. You know, mm -hmm. you don't- Good for the brain, right? Exactly. Yeah. The nutrients that are good for the brain are always something that you should include sure. if you're going to drink occasionally. And, and of course, if you follow Dr. Chris and I, that's, those are foundational things anyways. A good multi, good fish oil. I mean, you, if, you, if you follow what we do, those are already being done. You know, and if you're doing everything else right, I don't think a couple glasses of wine is going to hurt you all that much. So I think I think you're 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 you, you know you're okay there. When it comes to people not telling the truth, Doctor Crystal, we had a thing in the hospital when I was working there as an intern. I remember in internal medicine. I remember, you know, I was taught that when you ask somebody about bad habits, always double what they say. So if somebody says I smoke one pack a day, probably two. If somebody says I do half a pack a day, it's probably a full pack. If I, oh, I drink three beers a day, it's probably a, a full six pack. That's just a general rule of thumb that we use. And a vast majority of the time, we were probably right. <laughs> Have to agree. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so that is the ins and outs for living forever-ish. Three ins. We had curcumin for inflammatory bowel disease, vitamin D before you go into surgery, uh, macadamia nuts, wonderful. Just watch the calories. And then the out for living forever-ish is alcohol. I'm still I'm still on the border with this one, Dr. Crystal. Not sure how I'm going to read into this, but the audience member has the information now and they can make that decision for themselves. Thanks for listening to Live Foreverish. And don't forget, you can go to liveforeverish.com where you can download, like, share, and subscribe so you never miss one of our shows. That's liveforeverish.com. Again, thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Mike.